Hello, we are Terra Nova, a horror podcast. We're hosted by Kendall and Jackie. And here we talk about everything well, horror. And this podcast is specifically for you, the horror fans, and also the non-horror fans. If you're too scared to watch the movies, it's fine. We talk about it, we discuss it, we dissect it, we laugh about it, talk about the good, the bad, the tropes, and new episodes are launched every Monday. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TerranovaPod. And more importantly, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. And tell your dog too. Cujo. <laughs> To the moment hello everybody God, i love that song <laughs> i love this freaking song <laughs> oh the blood rave song oh my god if you guys are now just listening yes that was confusion from new order from the blade soundtrack because we're doing blade yeah i'm so hyped <laughs> <laughs> yes i never even knew the song was called confusion uh i just think of it as the blood rave song from blade For that should be the title honestly oh. the song is great that, song is that's, the uh, shit. i love this movie but that scene was just the greatest part ever that whole movie again like i like i, I told kendall this off camera it's not a blade movie if there is no rave scene <laughs> and just in case you ain't here the first time this week we review a motherfucking blade with wesley motherfucking snipes <laughs> that's what we're reviewing this week okay so we're doing the samuel jackson thing okay <laughs> Fuck it. Why not? I love Blade. This is one yeah, of the movies same. of my childhood. And I mean, again, Wesley Snipes is Blade. Blade is Wesley Snipes. You can't separate the two. You know, like I said before in a previous like recording, it's like Hugh Jackman and Wolverine. He is Wolverine. You know, Ryan Reynolds, he is Deadpool. So Wesley Snipes is and forever Blade. Yeah, like he is blade oh <sighs> man uh this is i i guess we'll we'll follow the format so we'll, we'll do a quick summary i'll do a quick summary of the film um first i'm gonna say i'm so happy to do this movie because I, I love this movie so that, that it's clear about everything we've already said so far how much we love this film but i'll give you guys a quick summary of the film so basically this badass motherfucker named blade <laughs> <laughs> half human half vampire and he hates vampires outside of himself but he goes out every night killing as many vampires as he could he's on the hunt looking for this other vampire kind of younger vampire on up come on to come up named deacon frost who is up to some crazy scheme blade has no idea but he's trying to hunt him down no differently than he, no differently than he's hunting down any other vampire and the cro- in the process in the middle of this war this doctor her name is karen uh, as as i told jackie the only karen that i recognize is a sister <laughs> <laughs> uh she gets caught in the crossfire she ends up bitten blade kind of takes her in uh and really i would say in a fun not in a in a caring way in the sense that his since his mother passed his mother passed and he she was bitten during her pregnancy when he when he was there and he ended up half human and half vampire uh he looked at this woman in a similar light when he saw her on the floor so he took her in uh he took her in to take care of her and in the event that she turned he had to kill her uh but yes that's pretty much the story overall blade tracking down deacon frost dealing with this doctor lady who is possibly changing with blade's mentor whistler right in the rear building weapons and yes tons of kick ass a lot of kick ass yes 
God, I love this movie. But yeah, this movie is just, uh, it's just so good. <laughs> like, I cannot stress it anymore. Um, Do we even have to say it? But I'm going to ask it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> What, first impressions? You know, we'll, we'll do it a little differently this time. So the first impressions this time will be like your first, the first time you've seen this film. Like, what was your reaction? Oh, to- it was so cool. Because, I mean, growing up, I love vampire movies. I, I just love all that stuff, you know. But, like, seeing that was so cool. I was like, oh, this is so awesome. I fell in love with it. The rave scene drove me crazy. Because, you know, like I told Kendall off camera, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of, like, industrial goth songs and all this stuff. And, oh, beautiful. What about you? Uh, This movie is e- easily one of my fondest childhood memories. I remember my father bought this movie in VHS and we, I was so excited when he brought it home because one, we were already both Wesley Snipes fans. Uh, this obviously wasn't Wesley Snipes' first film. He's done tons of films before this between New, New Jack City, Major League, Jungle Fever, um, uh, Passenger 57, a ton, a ton of, ton of, actually, yeah, I think, yeah, Passenger 57, I believe was before after, after, before this. Um, yeah, um, Wesley Snipes in tons of films. So I was already a huge Wesley Snipes fan even as a kid because this movie came out, I was probably about like nine years old. I was already a huge fan of it so my father brought it home the first thing I remember him doing was when he handed me the, the box you know because VHS is you know for all you folks who maybe aren't familiar with a VHS if you probably came around when DVDs were a thing you may get a chance to experience I would say the fuckery of sometimes of what a VHS oh, can yeah. be <laughs> but a VHS in general before we got DVDs we had those and they used to they came in like a little box came in a little box that usually had the, the, the movie art and like a brief summary on the back about the film and stuff like that so my father brought that home and he I was he was always fine my father would always bring home a film for us to watch. He'd just find whatever. And he was like, hey, Kendall, check this out. And I remember looking at the cover. Oh, Wesley Snipes. He was like, yeah, what Wesley Snipes. I was like, oh, man, what is he doing in this one? He's like, he's fighting vampires. I was like, oh, man, put that on. We, we I got to see this, man. Wesley, I got a black vampire hunter. That that caught my attention because I already loved vampires. But I was like, we got a black vampire hunter and this Wesley Snipes. This movie's going to be awesome. <laughs> this movie's going to be fantastic. And it kind of became a tradition in my household as a kid. We watched it at least once a week. Like, if we just had nothing else on TV, we'd be like, oh, we put on Blade. Like, let's watch Blade again. Because everything about this movie, from the style to the music, this movie yeah. is just, like, iconic as it fuck is. to like, this it day. It still holds up. It's like one of those few movies that you could watch it today, next year, whatever, and you would never get tired of it. Like, never. Yeah. Everything about this movie... <laughs> It's amazing. Top to bottom. I would say it's still better than a lot of quote unquote comic book movies today. I didn't even know it was a comic book movie when it initially Same. was released. I found out it was a comic book movie when the sequel came out. After the sequel, that's when I found out it, it was a Marvel, you know, creation. And, um, you know, a little history fact, you know, Blade came out in 1973. He made his first appearance in the Tomb of Dracula. And then in 1974, mm-hmm. that's when he started having his own story, his own spinoff stories. And then so on. After that, he's been in everything. Tag team was so many people in the comics and yeah so that was pretty cool you know but again like i didn't know until app sequel yeah same i didn't know until about part two as well i, I forgot who even told me initially because i think at that point i didn't even i wasn't using google like that <laughs> so i forgot who even told me but yeah no i i remember finding that out i remember him um even as a kid popping up on the spider-man cartoon that used to be on mm-hmm. fox he popped up on there and i think he tried to fight morbius at one oh, point yeah he's always fighting morbius in the comics <laughs> Uh, no, I'm trying to think of where else I've seen them, but yeah, no, these these movies are like I said, a big part of my childhood, and I and I, lo- I love them to this day. Re- rewatching it now, how do you how you feel about it watching it now? You know, it's 2020. It's been a long time since this movie came out. How you feel about watching it now? Watched this like not too long ago, like this year too, and last year. So I watched this movie religiously. I understand. <laughs> um, it, it, 
I'm the it same still one. made me happy, especially the blood rave scene. Oh my god! Like I cannot stress how much I love that scene. Like that's the opening. That is the opening sequence. You go in, see the blood rave, everyone's dancing, blood comes out, and then boom, there he is standing there. And then I love it. it rewatching this movie too, you get it, it's so detailed. This movie. So I don't know if you notice um, when they're all staring at him, you hear them whispering like, mm-hmm. "Oh, it's him." There's a daywalker. Oh, it's him. Yep. You hear him like whispering. <laughs> Like, I can't believe he's here. Ah. And he's just standing there like, yeah, I'm here. And <laughs> <laughs> word is so cool. If anybody who if there's a chance you have not seen this film, I man, honestly, make a weekend of it and go check out this film because you will enjoy it. If you, you don't even have to be in a horror. It's really I think of it more of an action film than a horror film. But considering how things are done, it's an R-rated film, surprisingly, which I, I forgot about that because I like I said, I saw the movie when I was maybe eight or nine. So mm-hmm. I, I was very young when I saw it. For those who have not seen the film by any chance, the scene that Jackie's describing literally happens within like the first five minutes of the film. The mm-hmm. film opens, you they give you a quick a quick shot of Blade's mother kind of giving, um, you know, she just got bit by attacked by a vampire and then Blade is kind of born. And then it just a cut. And that was like 1967. And then it cuts to uh, present day. And in the present day, there's like this guy in the car with his, what you could assume is his girlfriend or a girl he knows. It seems like they're like he- he- heading out for a night of partying, going to the clubs. They go inside of like, essentially looks like a meat factory. You know, like the basement of it. And he's kind of like, what is this? What? But he doesn't think too much of it because the girl he's with is attractive and she kisses him. So he's like, cool. All right, I'm with it. <laughs> and then they go inside of this like basically a meat freezer I would say <laughs> like a basement of one anyway everyone's dancing having a good time he's like oh the music is bumping that the song that we love comes on everyone's having a great time nothing strange at all is going on he sees one of the vampire girls who kind of becomes a one of the villains for later uh you don't notice at the time but he sees her he bumps into her he tried to try to dance with her because she's dancing with the girl he's with she pushes him off like yo get out of here and he's just like uh, whatever I guess <laughs> takes nothing of it he happens to bump into the villain of the film Deacon Frost. Deacon Frost just kind of looks at him and walks off. And then next thing you know, he notices like droplets hitting him in his, his fingers and he looks down and he's he's kind of like, what, what is this? He tastes it. He's, you see his face. He's kind of confused. He's not sure if it's blood. He's not sure if it's paint. He's not sure if he's bleeding. He don't know what it is. And then the DJ who was like the most lit DJ at all time. I would say at all time at that time, because now we got the DJ like Mad Max. But I would say <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> we yeah. had the guitar do the Mad Max. But at the time in the 90s when this film came out, that DJ was so lit. Uh, he made a a howl and then the sprinkler system went off and instead of water coming out it's pure blood just raining down and then the party it was like the beat drop at a party everybody got so lit everybody was jumping in the air flipping acting crazy just like taking in the blood rubbing themselves everybody was just doing everything it was just like an extreme ecstasy moment except for this one guy who was on the floor like oh my god there's blood everywhere yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> even if those people weren't vampires that still would have been strange because you'd be like what the hell is going on here he's freaking out everybody's like kind of start just laughing at him because they reveal that they're vampires. They basically start laughing at him, poking at him, kicking him, just doing all of this stuff. And as Jackie said, one of the coolest moments, Blade breaks up the party like a dad and, at a house party. <laughs> <laughs> He appears like you just see a you see a black boot that's perfectly clean, no blood in sight. He's perfectly clean. The crowd kind of gets quiet. The music turns down. You hear people whispering. They basically like, oh shit, this dude here. <laughs> At this point, it's clear they all are fully aware of who he is. And then it just all hell 
breaks loose from that point. Blade just start wrecking everybody. Whether he's using a shotgun, daggers, kung fu, whatever he got on his arsenal, yeah. <laughs> he is using to kick ass. Yeah, it's just oh god, that scene was just so good. Like oh my god, and then the best part is that when he's kicking ass, you hear the music. The music's playing in the background oh, yes, the music. as he's beating everybody up, and I was just like, oh my god, yes. And then it stops for a bit, for a little bit. He sees the security guards, and they're like, you gotta stop. He's just like, okay, okay, no, I'm not. And then boom, the music keeps going. He still is like slashing at the vampires. I'm just like, oh my God, this is so cool. I love this. I love how much of a sense of humor Blade has about everything that he's doing. Mm-hmm. Like he's kicking people's ass and he's like, yep, that's your, like he'll do little smirks. Like this, this movie, I would say this is some of Wesley Snipes' best work because Wesley, a lot, Blade does, he has a lot, not a lot of lines in this film. Like he talks, of course. Blade isn't like silent. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't talk a lot though. Like he kind of talk short and quick but there was so much face so much facial reactions we got so much like physical comedy that we got for Wesley Snipes in his role it makes it so memorable and so funny I remember he shoots Quinn and he finally catches Quinn and uh, Quinn was like one of the flunkies for Deacon mm-hmm. he catches Quinn kicks him up against the wall shoots him with one of the, the spikes in the shoulder shoots him in the other shoulder with another spike and he does the fist pump mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah oh my god it's true he talks with his face like there's even a scene where like he smiles <laughs> at Karen he's just like eh, and then he stops really fast like okay I'm stunned and he walks away that, that was the most funniest part ever I was like yo Blade be cracking me up man because he really does have a, it's like dark it's like dry humor it's very dry yeah, humor with he's him like, he's, he's, he's cool it's like he's too cool for school but he also doesn't <laughs> mind acknowledging how cool he is at the same time it's like he know he's cool and he knows he's cool that's kind of what makes Blade so funny <laughs> yeah it's a cool for school <laughs> Oh god, yeah. And yeah, I love I I just love how they all like whisper about him. They're just like, oh my god. That part had me dying because I didn't notice that at first. And then when I started rewatching it and really paying attention, and they're just like, it's him, Daywalker. Ah, oh, he's here. Ah, Daywalker. Oh, oh, God. Again, because like, again, you didn't know who he was. You're just like, okay, he's, he's someone important. Who is this? And then you realize it's Blade. It, he is Blade. <laughs> God, yeah. But even, yeah. If, even if there was like no like cover art or anything like that for the poster for you to know who the hero was, in this moment, you knew immediately. Once the camera panned, you were like, oh, they scared of this motherfucker. He must be that guy. Like, he's not a villain he must be that guy mm-hmm. i just love it oh god and then we fast forward to quinn quinn had me dying quinn was the most funniest character ever because he was just so stupid that was just like oh my god yeah he, was goofy. yeah he was um he fries him he fries him after he stabs him with the the spikes remember he set him on fire and when they sent him to yeah. the hospital that's when we see our very lovely karen karen jensen the doctor um <laughs> she goes she expect you know inspects the body this guy I forgot Curtis Curtis was his name that he was just like you know apparently they had like some relationship and he was yeah. just like oh he has taken thoughts about us and then boom Quinn comes to life he bites Curtis he bites Karen and then who shows up in the hospital Blade and that <laughs> scene was so f- I remember you were talking about this once to me that you found this so funny when the security guards were like, shooting at him and Blade was just like motherfucker are you crazy easily one of the best lines <laughs> in the film this movie had a lot of one liners but that was easily one of my favorite and lines of the film face too when the cops were shooting at him He's just like, are you serious? You're shooting me in the hospital where it's ricocheting off my bulletproof vest? What's wrong with you? <laughs> you know, I also interpreted that like his reaction because I also interpret his reaction as like just a situation. Like, do you not see this burnt motherfucker biting this woman? Why are you shooting at me? <laughs> I just punched it in the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and yeah, like, like you mentioned before in the beginning, um, how he felt about Karen. I did get a sense of that as well when he saved her, because even when he brought her back to his hideout where he lives with Wessler, even he was just like, you're bringing home strays? Like, you should have left her there. Like, why did you bring her here? She's going to turn any second. And um, you, he just, again, like the thing with Blade is that, yeah, he's one liners, but you again, his face speak, his face says it all that when yep. he asked him um you should have killed her why didn't you like you should have did this and then you see blade looking very like kind of serious but also kind of like sympathetic which is like yeah i didn't do it you know like, like his way of saying like i want to give her a chance mm-hmm. and in a way it kind of benefited them too because they found out that she is a blood doctor she understands the notion of blood and i mean we're gonna get into why karen is, is a badass the whole entire movie but um, Best karen yeah ever. she really is but another fun fact apparently you know i was reading articles i was reading the backstory about blade and wessler was actually created for this movie he was never in the comics yeah that caught um, me off guard yeah, too i didn't so know there that there was another man named jamal afar he's the one that found blade um and he's one that took him in and raised him he was a jazz player and also fun fact blade is from england <laughs> he's from born and raised in england so he's an english man um but yeah so i found that really interesting that they created wessler just for this film and i guess for plot devices which i mean it worked out because i love how when um when karen asked him like oh you have a lot of love for him don't you and blaze is just like we just understand each other he makes the weapons and i use them and even she, she said something like that her mother said. She was like, you know, they say a cold heart is a dead heart. She said something yeah. along those lines to him, you know, trying to try to tell him, like, you you got to care for him. You, got, you can't just be working. And, and that's he definitely it. does care about him. But again, like, he's so stoic. Dre's not to show emotion because, again, like, he is a vampire hunter. I guess it's like in any superhero movie or comics, you can't show weakness because, you know, your villains will take advantage of that, which I understand. I yeah, pretty much. Like he, he's a one man army. Like, he didn't exactly have, like, a. this isn't exactly the Avengers or some massive team team of hunters it's it's blade mm-hmm. blade and whistler and then whistler i'm assuming for the most part didn't even doesn't even go out in the field often so it's pretty much blade out there by himself nine out of ten times mm-hmm. yeah it's true um there's also another fun fact i want to mention that i caught when i rewatched it um so when i'm kind of gonna go fast forward a bit but when whistler explains to karen who they are and why they do what they do he mentioned he was just like oh there's other people besides blade and i fight the for the cause and it's funny because like in the comics he actually does have a group that he works with to hunt vampires and you know they, they kind of show a little bit of them like in trinity blade trinity um uh, primarily mm-hmm. one character hannibal king hannibal king is actually in the comics and that's actually his partner um they make a whole they actually made like a pi investigation office where they actually hunt the supernatural beat so i like how he said that yeah because like it sounds like it's like a nod to the comics in a sense when he said that yeah i remember mentioning that but yeah and then as we go on after karen she joins the cause um deacon frost your thoughts of deacon frost deacon frost man he's he is honestly the reason in my opinion that this film is so iconic in my mm-hmm. mind because uh you know there's there uh you have a lot of comic book films right like i know we're gonna get into like the comic book stuff about this film but you have a lot of comic book films or superhero type stories mm-hmm. where in my opinion a lot of the times the villain is better so much better than the hero yeah. that the villain almost carries the film and i say like a good example of that criticize it or not but like the dark knight like the joker was so so good in that film batman almost looks like he's just a part of the joker's story like he doesn't even think it's a 
Batman film. And it's not necessarily bad. It just, it is, it, it kind of makes you crave the villain when the hero's on screen. So you're kind of like, can we just get back to the guy who's doing the cool stuff and not like this lame dude who's doing nothing? <laughs> but in this film, yeah, yeah. Like, and that's pretty common. That's that's really mm-hmm. common. But in this film, um, Blade and Deacon are so awesome. I'm excited when either one of them are on screen. Like everything about Deacon is really cool. Like I love, uh, one person pointed out one of the articles and I even noticed it myself, but like, you know, Deacon not being a pure blood, as they say, which is someone who was born a vampire and being essentially a half breed, someone who was human and turned, mm-hmm. uh, kind of changes the way vampires look at him amongst the ranks. Like there's there's the council and the councils are full of all pure bloods and they kind of are treated like the high class men and they look at half breeds as almost like a necessary evil or like a necessary abomination. They don't really respect mm-hmm. them and they don't really respect Deacon and they don't really respect any of his ambitions or goals. They're, they're kind of the old school. They're stuck in the way things should mm-hmm. be and they're like, they should that shouldn't change. Meanwhile, Deacon is being young, him being young and aspirational. He's like, oh no, I'm going to be as badass as I can be and want to be. Yeah. <laughs> he did that the whole movie and I love yeah, it. Yeah, Steph- Stephen Dorff did an amazing job like in his role. And yeah. it's funny because I, I read an article that said that he actually got inspired by, well, his, his inspiration for like that role I believe was kind of like looking at not just the comics, but they compared it to like Jack Nicholson from The Shining. No, Jack Nicholson and Hugh Fletcher Joker-wise. Like people have compared that role, the way he carried it to similar to that. And that says oh, a wow, lot. I didn't know people did that. That says yeah, a lot. Jack lot. Nicholson yeah. and Hugh Fletcher did an amazing job with both interpretation of Joker. And to compare that to that it's amazing and um and yeah and deacon frost is blade's number one enemy in the comics that's his number one go-to guy that he always tries to, to you know defeat and you know fast forward you find out that he's the one that turns his mom you're you know you find out that she's the one that bit her so he kind of created yeah. blade in a sense and yeah it's just uh deacon was just so like wow and yeah because like the old the council was just like no we should live in the shadows um if people find out about us it exposes us, exposes what we're doing. Um, and, you know, Blade t- told Karen, like, listen, these vampires, they own everybody. They own the police. They own they own businesses. They own blood banks. They they own everything. And with Deacon doing this blood bait, the, the blood raves that he does, they didn't like that. And of course, you know, and the most iconic, I love his his dialogues. I love his monologue because you kind of do feel for Deacon where you're just like, you know what? He's not wrong because he was just like, listen, we're the top of the food chain. There are cattle. We should be owning them they should be bowing to us they're our food why would she why would we have to live with them we own them we should rule the human world and it's not the first time we've seen a character do that in terms of vampires we've seen that many times like queen the dam did that as well where um lestat was just like we should not be in the shadows anymore who cares if people find out who we are who cares um and many other vampire movies has done that but with him the way he carried it mm-hmm. was like wow and uh i could listen to that man's monologue over and over and over because he's just so good when he talks. <laughs> you know, you just want to sit there and be like, yeah, I agree, yeah. And I'm not even a vampire, but I just be like, yeah, man, he's right. It's not wrong. In a way, you kind of wish that he wasn't a villain because he's so cool. You're like, ah, oh, man, like, what? We, Blade got to take you out, though. Like, you're a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I, I, you're so cool. Like, I understand everything you're saying. From, like, they're treating you. He pretty much, like, his story parallels Blade, I would say, perfectly in a lot of ways. They're both half-breeds. Of course, like, yeah, Deacon turned 
Blade in a sense. Mm-hmm. So they both have breeds. Um, Blade is feared by vampires. Humans don't necessarily know that vampires exist, so they don't really fear them. But some humans do, and they tend to be either like a familiar of some sort, or they've, as the council said, broken off a treaty so that the vampires don't necessarily just go out there and just start killing everybody. Mm-hmm. So like the humans don't really have a huge fear of them, as Deacon kind of believes that they should. And mm-hmm. vampires have a huge fear of Blade in a way that Blade assumes that they should, because he's he's out to get them. And even with those those parallels uh blade is in a sense rejecting his vampire side because he takes a serum to you know suppress the craving for blood he takes a serum for that uh deacon on the other hand fully embraces it he fully embraces everything about being a vampire so their their story is kind of parallel in a, in a lot of ways yeah yeah because um you know uh what is it uh, i think in technical terms blade is considered a dampier who is a half human half vampire that's the actual word for oh, people really? like that yeah it's dampier um that's the actual technical term for half human half vampire but because blade is very different from what a typical dampier is because dampier has all the strengths and weaknesses of vampire blade has mm-hmm. no weakness except the bloodlust that's it he has no weakness so that's why he's slightly different when they created him and yeah like you mentioned with the serum i like how we do see what he goes through the struggle he goes through because um you see how much in pain he is too when he's taking the serum and at one point he goes to this um it's it's like a medicine store he goes to where someone obviously knows he's a vampire and a vampire hunter who's a human and you know he helps him with the serum he's the one that makes the serum for him um when Wessler is giving it to him he was just like what is it no he told blade tells Wessler, he's like i had to increase the dosage this amount and Wessler's like that's dangerous you could die from this you know that and blade was just like i don't care give it to me do it and even at a certain point when they're fighting vampires he takes um karen with him she he sees it too for the first time when he's injecting the serum in, in him you see the pain he goes through and he even tells karen like it's not normal for someone feed on blood i would never forget what i did because remember when wesler found him he was feeding on blood he was yeah. drinking blood and you know when karen told blade like let it go it's okay he's just like i would never let that go you know it's not normal to do that that's not normal and it is interesting because like i'm kind of gonna mention blade 2 for a bit but in the sequel when he sees that vampire chick she tells him she's like you know you know the bloodlust better than anybody else the only difference is that i came to terms with who i am you know that's that's the difference with you and i i don't reject who i am i was born a vampire it's not my fault and i like yeah. how when she told it because again like blade is still trying to struggle with identity crisis like if i bloodlust am i like them am i just like them am i evil like them and he always tries fights with himself he has a very big internal struggle and it kind of makes you feel bad for him but it also humanizes him as well yeah it does it, it definitely humanizes a character that doesn't exactly mm-hmm. talk about his emotions like blade isn't that blade i I wouldn't see blade exactly going to therapy (laughs) (laughs) and like sitting down talking about all of his problems and struggles with life like Mm -hmm. blade isn't that kind of character uh but these moments definitely highlight the problems that that blade the weight that blade carries i would say more Mm -hmm. anything else it's the weight that he carries he has to literally hunt essentially half of who he is and he hates it while he's doing it like he hates half of who he is but he also has to hunt these creatures that are like untamed versions of what he was so it's it's kind of like he feels like he has a personal 
responsibility in the situation while at the same time he's trying to battle his own demons so and it's, it's always interesting when you see the uh the blood the bloodlust as they call it in mm-hmm. some versions of vampires it's always interesting because you know everybody kind of comes up with their own rules for it and some people are like well you know animals are enough or this is enough like it doesn't have to be human so it's always kind of interesting to me that most vampires mm-hmm. tend to kind of go evil and I'm not sure if it's because they just want to live ruleless I mean live lawless I'm assuming that's probably actually that's probably most of the reason they want to live kind of lawless so uh, it seems like vampires by default end up being evil but Blade is the exception yeah um, there's like a book series I read too about vampires and they mentioned that um, one of the characters is Dampier as well like Blade and he he it's funny because like his family knows he's a vampire so it's, they his, his aunt kind of gives him stuff with blood in it but she masses it like as if it's human food but it's like a little bit blood so it looks normal and in the books mm-hmm. he he mentioned that how like he only eats pudding drinks blood that she gives him which is from blood banks because it's not the source because once you drink from the source it's like you become I guess a full vampire quote unquote in a sense where you kind of like lose your morality it kind of it, it, it's like um it's like when you give uh. raw food to dogs that animal instinct comes out of them because you're giving them raw food you're not giving them like the regular like pep like you know dog food the kibble and stuff so I, I think it's like that too and how Blade sees it where it's just like if I drink human blood I'm becoming a monster becoming the very thing I hunt Um, so that's how I see it that's really interesting you could be right I'm not really sure where they filmed this movie. I wasn't sure. I'm not sure if it was like in LA or whatnot. But I love how like when they go to this Asian part or wherever they're filming, you see the whole vampire, another vampire club. And I think it's like the Asian mafia and all these like little <laughs> Asian girls singing. I'm just like, wow, they really are everywhere, these vampires. And I just love that part because like when he's causing mayhem, you know, Karen gave him the only look after he's breaking all this stuff. And she's like, really? <laughs> like, this is what we're doing? Like, she gave him that look like, wow, okay. Yeah, she judged him every chance she got. (laughs) Every second. I was just like, I feel you, Karen. I'll be the same way. (laughs) I'd be like, was that really necessary? (laughs) See, that's the hidden comedy in this film is those scenes of like, what the fuck was that? Like when when he beat up the cop in her house who like broke in and essentially killed her. (laughs) And Blade, he popped up just in time when she was about to get attacked and beat the hell out of this vampire. I mean, it wasn't a vampire. It was a dude Mm -hmm. was a human. He was familiar. He just beat the hell out of him. Like punched him in the chest, kicked him everywhere, kept throwing him up against the wall. Like, Blade was using like a minimal effort but doing maximum damage. Yeah. <laughs> and Karen was just like, Yeah. Is all that necessary? He broke her table. He <laughs> broke her coffee table. And she's looking at him like, This man is wilding. Get out of my house. <laughs> it's like, clearly, he's no talent. You ain't have yeah, to beat him that I love bad. how like, he was just like, Oh my God, you used me for bait. He's just like, Get over it. I'm just like, Oh my God. <laughs> Damn, Blade. Oh, man. Yeah, Blade. Yeah. Fuck. That was hilarious. Um, I want to go to a little Easter eggs. I don't know if you noticed it. So when the cop, after the cop gets beat up and he runs back because he's actually um, Deacon's familiar. So a kind of little fun, I mean, of course you already know because the movie, but when, when Blade shows Karen the tattoo on his neck, which is like, I think an ancient vampire language, it, it translates Deacon, the name. So he mm-hmm. knew that was Deacon's familiar. When he chases him and he goes into like this club or whatever that Deacon's in, there's this little girl, this um this this black girl who actually beats the heart of Blade with her kung fu moves, um, the vampire girl. Girl. She's playing a game system. <laughs> 
I had to rewind this like a couple times, but when the game she's playing is Resident Evil. I don't know if you caught oh, that. Oh, really? Yeah. Like when I saw it, it was a liquor. A liquor's face came out and I was just like, oh shit, she's playing Resident Evil. <laughs> cool. Resident <laughs> Evil and Blade. I'm okay with that. Um, Yeah, but. Oh, that's awesome. I kind of want to get into how badass and amazing Karen is. Love Karen. Oh my God. Go so it. like I said, Karen's a woman that, you know, he saves. She's a blood doctor. Um, They kind of just keep her there for, you know, safe reasons because Blade had told her like, oh you were bitten you were marked so chances are they're gonna bring someone to finish the job they're gonna kill you so as she's there you know talking with Wessler she brings in equipment again she's a blood doctor this woman made this 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 liquid not even liquid she com- she combines a liquid that actually affects vampire blood that makes them explode and I remember when Blade was just like oh this is some cure and she's like no it's not a cure you can use this to blow their heads up and he <laughs> actually used it and I was just like yo this woman is amazing <laughs> like he made him this yeah like she made that for him she even made like a slight cure for people who were bitten by vampires because she was bitten herself so she was just like if i'm gonna fight the the vampire you know virus as she called it in my body i have to treat it as if i'm treating um sickle cells it's an infection of the blood and i like how she did that because she brought in like science into vampirism like what happens to your body when you get bit and she compared it to a virus a sexual transmitted disease which i like how she did that because in a way it kind of is you think about it you know like you could be with someone they'll bite you and then all of a sudden in seconds you turn you know and I like how she made a slight version of a cure specifically for those who were bitten to fight off the the vampirism and uh, she was just so cool like he brought her with him she helped him in things like she was a smart woman and I loved her like even at the end she survived too with Blade (laughs) you know they made it out at the end and I was like yo Karen man so cool (laughs) Yeah, she is. She, I liked when she went with them on that trip, and he brought the he brought the uh, the flashlight. Well, oh, not the flashlight, the but the, the light. light that yeah, basically the UV, the UV light. light. Mm-hmm. That scene was funny when uh, when Whiskey even gave it to him, and he was like, "It's kind of heavy." He's like, well, "You're kind of big." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this movie had a lot of subtle comedy like that, but yeah, she got to use a light on uh, the vampire that they were talking to mm-hmm. called Pearl. It's supposed to be like an old vampire that like keeps track of all of the records of vampire history mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. And he, she got to turn a light on Pearl and like to damage her. It was really cool. And he was like, "If she moves, turn a light on." And she kind of flinched, and she just Karen just lit her up. <laughs> and he just Blade kind of looked at her like, "The hell was all that?" She was like, "She moved." She moved. <laughs> and he just looked at her like that. Damn. Um, <laughs> yeah, he was like, yeah, I didn't know you had that in you. The funny thing behind the scenes for Pearl, because, you know, Pearl is a big ass person. Huge. So yeah. behind the scenes, I found out that they used three actors for Pearl. So you had one actor who was playing the face and then oh, you wow. had two other people working each hand. So that was three people like, you know, moving Pearl around. I was just like, wow. Oh, that's wild. Yeah. They had to do that because again, like, you know, you see how wide Pearl is. Pearl's humongous. Um, But I love how he was interrogating Pearl and Pearl just didn't want to say anything. He was just like, what, what, what? He's like, yo, you never do this because you know we're gonna we're gonna do this, we're gonna defeat this. Well, that's what Deacon says. <laughs> yeah, it was really funny. This guy actually got yeah, cute. Oh my god, that was just a good book. But stuff like that, like she helped him in subtle ways, you know. Um, even when when um when she told Wesler about the the cure in a sense for vampires, Wesler was just like, "Would that help Blade?" And she was just like, "I don't know," because unlike me, I wasn't bit. I was bit. He wasn't bit. He was born that way. And even even towards the yeah. end, when um we're gonna get to the ending in a bit, but even towards the end, he told her like, "I think after this, I'm gonna take your." 
miracle core, your miracle cure. And she was just like, there's a catch to it. Because if it works, you'll no longer be a, be a dump here. You'll be completely human. You lose everything, all your vampire tactic, your, 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 all this stuff. Like you will be, yeah, yeah like, power and everything. Human, a regular man. And again, like, I just love how they added her to the list because again, she was helpful to them. She was a doctor. Super helpful. Doctor. Yeah. Cause she understood the whole thing of blood. Um, even when the cop, the familiar, you know, they were beating him up, they opened the trunk of his car. There was like a, a box of blood and she was just like, oh, that's one of the blood banks my hospital's associated with. She knows all of this. So like, I'm glad that they kind of added her to the list. I kind of wish she came back in a sequel, but she kind of did in subtle yeah, ways. Same. Yeah. But she was a real badass. I loved her. Karen. Yeah, Karen was no joke. She was she it was a black woman. She was no joke the whole film. She was she was she was helping with everything she could help with. She was great. Uh even like just even her toughness. Like the in the moments of I had two moments come to mind, but the first moment when they first kind of introduce her and she gets bit and then blades carrying her from the hospital. That one that scene was crazy when he like just literally tossed her to the next building, mm-hmm. like really far. <laughs> I was like, Wow, that's just, just crazy strong and that is insane. But uh when he when he jumped over there and he grabbed her and she was like, My shoulder's dislocated and then he just popped it back in place mm-hmm. and she was like oh my god and then, <laughs> and then later when the same thing happened to Blade and his shoulder was dislocated she did the same thing and popped it back I was like oh this woman yeah. ain't no joke yeah like, she, she even gave him sword when his sword fell like she really she helped him a lot in many yep. ways and I like how she didn't become like one of those like damsel in distress type characters like oh no save me every second no. she she didn't have to be saved he she she would assist him he would assist her because I saw them as equals you know that's how I saw them same and she wasn't a love interest yeah uh, even though Deacon made fun of that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Deacon made fun of that hell. He was just like, oh, Blaze not giving it to you. I'm just like, oh, gosh, shut up, Deacon. <laughs> but like that was that's really unique and this room this movie kind of didn't didn't try to make room for a love interest it was like no nah, this is a bigger thing to deal with let's just deal with it which i think that makes the movie even more ahead of its time in a lot of ways because you you rarely see films where they're like two characters of the opposite sex who aren't a love interest and heroes like if they're heroes they also like they kind of like for some reason the main character figures out that the other person is op- opposite sex and then starts to mm-hmm. like them throughout the film but in this film they were like nope we're not going to do that she's going to be just as bad as is him they're going to help out in every way help each other in any way they can and we'll move on from there and i really enjoyed that remember when uh deacon and quinn threw her in a hole to fight the basically zombie version of chris oh, i, mean, I love that scene that scene was so cool because like um yeah at first she was shocked she was shocked seeing him and i like how when before they threw him in deacon and quinn was just like oh he turned to some type of zombie sometimes that happens which i that's the first time i ever heard of it but then again i'm not surprised because there are vampires who do eat other vampires Empires. We have seen that in other films and also yep. in the sequel as well. Um, but I love how like she took advantage of her surroundings. She took all the bones, kicked him, punched him, hit him, and then she used like one of the I think the rib bone. She took some bone that had like a spiky part and she got out of there. Because she was like, you know, I have to go help Blade. Oh, my God. That was like, again, like that just yep. shows how like she wasn't a typical like, oh, I'm going to wait for Blade to save me. No, she was just like, nope, I got to save myself. And I got to save Yeah, him. pretty much. She beat the shit out of that zombie version of that dude and crawled yeah. her way out of there. <laughs> and it was better for it. I was like, this lady ain't no joke. Uh, it was really cool. Uh, how they trapped Blade was really was really interesting. It's like you find out that his mother didn't actually die. She just kind of went went on living life as an actual vampire instead. Uh, and, De- and she was with Deacon 
Deacon the whole time. Well, I don't. I guess we could say the whole time because he's the one who turned her. Uh, I guess Deacon had something for the sisters because because <laughs> he even said that when he when he met Karen, he was like, he was like, you're so beautiful and your skin looks so nice. Like, why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he sleep with you? I was like, oh, Deacon, Deacon is something else. Uh, but yeah, they used her. They used Blade's mom to like surprise him and catch him off guard so that they could use him for the the blood god ritual, which was really interesting. Yeah, that was really, really like very intriguing with the the the, the vampire Bible um, and the whole thing about oh that's that's what Gin's goal was to basically bring about this vampire apocalypse in a sense where this god just yeah. one bite or just one touch boom you're a vampire and it's funny because that was kind of mentioned in Vampire vs the Bronx remember that that the 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 woman that she had that powder and she was like all I have oh to yeah the do, dust yeah she's like all I have to do is blow this in your face and one bite and boom you're instantly a vampire that's kind of like that too very intriguing but yeah um yeah. his mom who was played by Sana Lathan I even I forgot she was in that movie I really I forgot because it's been a while but then I was just like that's right she was in that movie wow she was his mom <laughs> um I remember that scene because like he was so shocked he was just like oh my god and even when the part when he has to like fight her in a sense you know like when Karen breaks him free breaks Blade free and again badass Karen he was drain of a lot of his blood but Karen was just like you know what bite me trick my blood and Blade was just like no I'm not gonna do it she was just like you better you better bite me do it now and um he did it he drank her <laughs> blood and his mom comes in and she's just like oh how was it did you enjoy it and then they, they start fighting I'm just like oh my god and <laughs> you know when he fights her you know she tries to be all that like but you know and also we find out that his name is actually Eric Eric Brooks that's Blade's real name um, yeah. and then she's just like Eric I'm your mother how can you do this and he's just, just like no you're not you're not anymore and then he just stabs her in the chest and then she dies that was just so poetic because like you can see his face that in the beginning he was just like oh my god it's my mom it definitely he definitely felt something emotional about that but then afterwards yeah. you see that how he realizes okay she's no longer the woman who gave birth to me she's literally one of them now she's she's died she died years ago and he i think he said that too he's like no you died years ago um and i, I guess that was his way of saying okay i'm gonna set you free i love when he said that he was just like i'm gonna set you free now and um oh, that whole scene was so beautiful and it was it was really dark yeah, yeah it was really cool. man when he saw that he was just like wow i thought you'd be happy to see your mom this is how you act come on on. I'm just like yo, Deacon's to ask. I did really like the scene where, where Blade was uh feeding on Karen. Like I was like, this scene is like it was kind of mm -hmm. it's kind of horror. It's kind of sexual. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it's kind of tense. It's like it was yeah, kind of a little bit of everything. Yeah, because she kind of whispers like, "Don't stop." I'm just like, oh, okay, Karen. <laughs> okay, Karen. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah, it was yeah, a little bit of everything. Like, okay. And it like showed uh Deacon. Uh, Deacon was also transforming into the Blood God at that point. So it was like a weird, weird cross back and forth it was like it was really interesting i was like i think even as a kid i was like this feels almost sexual it's really weird but <laughs> but i'll take it i was like it is what it is and you know blade finally like gave in to the bloodlust for a moment to, so he could actually fight deacon and i really i really like that i like that you know the thing that he thought was essentially holding him back was the thing that helped him save the day i, I yeah. really like that because because uh, now honestly i know i know there was a sequel and i haven't watched in a while but what i really took from it what i was just like well you could feed on blood dude you could you could not be a monster and feed on blood because you clearly need the abilities that come with this power to like fight this war so i was like you can you can have blood you just don't have to be like an animal like they are and clearly he showed that because he fed on her and he didn't go crazy his mother didn't assume that he was going to be like on her side now she came in and immediately attacked them so even they knew that his intentions were still say the same you know, she took that like a pro after that she was
was like a little woozy. But then she was just like, okay, I got to get up and I got to fight Mercury, which was um, Deacon's girlfriend, that, that <laughs> the blonde chick. And she was just like, I got to take that bitch out. Because <laughs> Mercury was problems too. Mercury was a big problem as well. Like she was a pain in the ass. Yeah, she was a great henchman yeah. or henchwoman. Like she was really good. Um, But yeah, so the blood of God. Yeah, so Deacon's plan was that he needs to get, Um, this was, he was all planned this behind the scenes too. And the lead of the council, Dragonetti, who That's was played a fucking by, name. yeah, or they call him Gonetti for short. Um, but who's played by Udo Kier and he's a I've seen him in so many movies he's a really great actor um, even he was kind of telling him just like it's a dead language you're not gonna get anywhere of that. it's a folklore it's a fairy tale it doesn't exist it's not real but then you know you see that how Deacon was just like no it's real and I know how to do it and I'm doing it but for him to proceed with his plan he had to kill Dragonetti and the way that death scene was oh my god God, I remember when I was a kid watching that, it freaked me out. But then watching it now as an adult, I was just like, yo, this is a beautiful, <laughs> most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Like with the subtle CGI of his flesh melting off his body, with the sun hit him, I'm just like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is beautifully done. Yeah, the movie was overall, it's more brutal and visceral than I was then I think I even thought of as a kid watching it like I was just like oh this is cool with vampires and all of that stuff but the movie is pretty brutal there are definitely tons of not just like blood wise but there are tons of scenes where somebody's just getting like beat up and like the camera isn't just cutting away because they're getting ass beat and I mean that's on both sides whether it's like Blade beating up a vampire or a vampire beating up a person or somebody else like this film is like very very violent about how it shows it but it's it's really stylish about the way it shows it like, like you said with that guy's death you literally see the blood his like skin ripping off of his body before he catches flames from the sunlight like it's it's insane and like the way every, all the vampires mostly die is like they turn to ash so even if you cut off a part you cut off a hand arm like you did with Quinn it just turns to ash which was like really cool like CG, the CGI for that looks a little bit dated but the effect is yeah. really cool overall it was really amazing I like how um they ripped off his fangs and that's like that's, that's very significant yeah. that is considered a disgrace like if you rip someone's fangs you're just like holy crap you know and I, I, you know, again, like Deacon was such a great villain because you understood why he had to do it because he could not perform what he wanted to do without, you know, Dragonetti being alive. He was nowhere near being able to do it because he was just so against it. And um, I gotta say, I want to know what kind of sunblock Deacon was wearing. <laughs> And Mercury and Quinn because like wow that sun did not melt them not once when they were in the sunlight like <laughs> even when um he was in daylight and he saw Blade he was just like oh hey what's up he had like a little girl like on his hand and fun fact that's that's Brenda Song you know, yep I was just about to say that's Brenda Song one of one of my favorite I crushes love her. <laughs> one of my biggest crushes I've always been a huge fan of her and I've always had a crush on her since I was like maybe like thirteen or something because I've kept yeah, seeing I her saw, and everything I was just like hey it's London Tipton that's me. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that was that was Brenda's song. But even in that scene, you know, he's he's talking to him and he's in daylight. And even Blaze is like sunblock. And he's just like, yeah, because I want to be like you. That's the plan. And that is his plan. Essentially becoming a, a blood god meant that you could literally be resistant to sunlight. You literally could be, you're basically Blade. Except that you're going to rule over humanity. And that's what he wanted to do. And I, I like that notion of that. Because I feel like that's also subtle. I, I feel like I've seen that before. Did they do that in Vampire Diaries? where somebody's wearing sunblock or something or no like I don't remember in Vampire Diaries they wear a ring ah, okay. they wear like a magically enchanted ring that keeps them from dying in the okay, sunlight yeah I thought that was really I did hmm. see that somewhere else yeah, I, I don't just remember, can't remember but I thought that was really interesting like sunblock <laughs> you know like I would have never thought that I, I didn't even think that sunblock would be 
that helpful to them because they're so sensitive to sunlight. But it probably has to be like what, like SPF 5000 or something to protect them <laughs> from the sun. That's what I'm thinking. You probably got to bathe in it. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, like I love that scene. And, you know, Dragonetti dying was just like, wow. And like you said, the rough scenes, um, even when um, that whole scene happened, when, you know, he throws Brenda's song's little girl character, he, that he kind of distracted Blade to do the unthinkable, which is go to the hideout and kill Wessler. And that scene was, again, badass Karen. Wesler told Karen, get out. And she was just like, no. And she stood there to help him. Granted, she was captured, but still. Um, yeah, it was vampires. We see Deacon and the others basically shoot Quinn in the leg. And then we see him beat him up. We don't see the full effect of them beating him until after Blade comes. And then he sees Wesler there in the chair just covered in blood. And you're just like, oh my God. And I want to talk about that scene because again, like we mentioned how Blade doesn't talk. He's very stoic, very serious. But that was the first scene we kind of see him be very emotional if you think about it because you can tell this man is hurting inside because he's looking at the man who raised him dying in front of him and even yeah. when he tells him he's just like take your gun and shoot me he's just like no I'm not gonna do it we could, we could fix your we could fix your wounds we could heal your wounds and he's just like no I'm too far gone I'm turning if you're not gonna do it give me your gun and still he was just like no he's just like give me your damn gun and walk away and you could see Blade he, just, he did not want to leave him he did not want to leave him and then when he yelled at him it's like go leave and then you hear you know him shoot himself well that's what we think till the sequel happens <laughs> what happened in the sequel they kept him alive i forgot they they kept him in like so you know how in, in dragon ball they put them in the chamber with water to heal their wounds they yeah, did that with, Quinn, with, with blood it was like in some blood chamber to keep him alive yeah uh, and that's how he found him and basically saved him with the miracle core cure that karen made so she she still kept the cure that she made to help quinn in the sequel but uh, but yeah like again that scene you you see it in his face and again like i love wesley snipes because he's he's an amazing actor he's a great actor and i love when he's walking yeah, he away is. and again he's not saying anything but you hear the gunshot and you just see his face that he's just, just like i have to go get them even when wesley tells him like don't go after them you're you're the key you're the key for the whole blood god thing blaze just is like i don't give a fuck like no they they killed my father figure yeah, i word. have to kill them and even when he's like in the assault in deacon's mansion i love that scene <laughs> i love the assault on deacon's mansion um and you see him having flashbacks of him remembering wessler because that's what's driving him he's like you guys killed my my quote-unquote dad i'm gonna kill you now and i just uh, that scene was just so prominent yeah, all of the build-up to him going going there to attack them was like really cool i love that like you know after the after uh whistler is like dead as we believe blade goes to start getting ready he's he goes to meditate <laughs> which i laughed a little bit in my mind because i was like you know somebody mad when they got to take a moment to meditate like yeah. he, <laughs> he went to meditate to get his mind right and to get ready mm -hmm. for the battle uh he he got suited up he took the the uh the liquid that the formula that Karen made makes explosives that like it makes explosions that when it reacts to vampire blood he made a bunch of those he got his sword ready he got his guns he was he was he meditated he was ready to go he was like alright it's time to fuck shit up I, I love this so much and that whole that whole fight all of the fight leading up like when he got there it was so funny to me because I love that one scene with Deacon mm -hmm. where like first the um first one of the guards comes to Deacon and he goes hey uh we have an intruder and then Deacon's like okay cool because of course he, he's expecting Blade and then a few seconds later 
later, he's like, why do I hear gunfire? Like, I need him alive. And then Quinn comes and he's like, you don't understand. Like, he's one dude, but he's not like one dude. Like, it was like 20 dudes around him. And we was like punching, kicking. He stabs one dude. He throws some shit out of his belt. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, you know, it's kind of a lot. He's like, yeah, 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 shut up. Okay. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. He was like, shut the fuck up. Go get him. <laughs> that scene was so funny. And I always remember that scene whenever I rewatched the film. That scene cracked me up because Deacon, you could tell by his face, he was just like, I'm tired of hearing about this shit. Like, just get this guy so we can move yeah. on. Yeah. Oh, God. Deacon was just so amazing. Uh, that whole scene was just, I just love it. When you see like the explosion, like all the vampires' heads are exploding because of Karen yeah. Stain. And um, again, he used it on Deacon. You know, fast forward, Deacon turns into Blood of God. He drains all the vampire, the console. He drains them of their vampire souls and whatnot. And even Blaze is just like, like crap when he's fighting him. He's just like, what? Um, but he uses it. He uses the the vamp the, the serum that she made to explode. So he because he thinks no, he thought that was serum he uses for his blood loss. And then he was just like, oh, go ahead, taste it, try it, see if you mm-hmm. like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh god and then yeah he uses it and then boom Deacon explodes with like five of them in his body <laughs> and then he just explodes and then boom game over <laughs> and what's funny um, they had a second ending to that movie and the second ending was that Deacon survives oh, really? he becomes a blood god and that's it and then it goes on to a whole like other thing yeah because they were gonna keep oh, him wow. alive but then they changed it and then just killed him. Um, yeah. I think yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. We still got sequels anyway. Even in so Blade I think I'm okay 2, with that. they were just like, oh, thank you for taking out Deacon. He was a trouble for us. Like, they, they thanked him for that. The vampire was just like, thank you for getting rid of him. We didn't like him either. <laughs> um, but yeah. And again, Karen kind of shows up as a bit in a sequel. Because at the end, when they're done with everything, um, you know, Karen's just like, I'm going to go back to find more, to do more of my cure, to find more for people. And then Blade's just, just like, listen, if you want to help, they make me a strong serum which we see him use in the sequel which is a much stronger serum and she made that for him so Badass Karen. <laughs> Badass Karen. One thing I want to mention is two of the funniest moments in that fight with Deacon. Actually, it was a bunch of funny fights in general leading up to even his fight with mm-hmm. Deacon in that scene. So there's one scene I always remember from the film that was like so cool to me. It was after when Blade, when he got free after um, biting Karen and he's kicking everybody's ass and then he finally kills Quinn. And I love that he killed Quinn in the swiftest of blows. Like he, <laughs> this whole movie, he was playing around with Quinn. He was doing all kinds mm-hmm. of goofy shit to Quinn. They just kind of like, just barely kind of keep him around because Quinn he never felt like was truly a threat and you could tell by the way Blade fought mm-hmm. him he didn't see him as a threat but when at that scene when he finally came back out and he, you know he's standing there shirtless getting ready to kick everybody's ass and then Quinn was like Blade I finally have two hands and I'm, I can't even decide which one I want to kill you with and then he ran out Blade and Blade just took the threat out of his belt and just took his head off game over <laughs> that was he's so va- cool he's a vampire Batman <laughs> He's a bad man. He really is. He really is. And he took him out with the extreme quickness. And then there was another scene even before the Deacon one where he was like stomping out a vampire and he was just kicking him. Like the dude was down, but he was just going off with him and he just screamed frost. He was like, frost. Like, I love that scene so much. He, he was just, he was right. He was really in there. He was ready yeah. to just take everybody out. And then the two scenes during the uh, frost fight that cracked me up was when we fought frost, they're fighting with the swords and he cut him at the torso and frost kind of like, he was basically cut in half and then the blood god powers like reattached them and the camera zooms in the blade's face and blade turns around and he just mouths what the fuck yeah, he's like, <laughs> oh my god yo i, I love the, i love the early ps3 graphics the ps2 graphics with the blood 
I loved it. <laughs> yes. like, that cracked oh me God, up so much. I love this movie, but um. that was so good. And last, the last scene in that that movie that and in that scene that in that whole fight that cracked me up, which was one of my favorite lines in all of movie history, was right before he uh hit Deacon with the last needle and he's standing there holding it. He was like, There's always some motherfucker who's trying to ice skate uphill. I didn't know what that <laughs> meant as a child, but that line always stuck with me because it came out of left field. <laughs> yeah, but it was so, so I good. Kendall about this behind the scenes. So when the articles had, had said fun fact about Blade, Wesley Snipes actually said that when he was explaining Frost to the director. He's just like he just said that. It's like, oh, that's how I feel about Frost. And then David Goya, who directed the first movie, was just like, you know what? We're keeping it. You're saying it. We're keeping it in the movie. And that's how that line became to be. And it is the most iconic line. People still talk about that line. People still rave about that line. Like, it was oh. genius. It was it came like I said, I saw this movie when I was eight or nine years old and I still never forgot it because it came out of left field. It was so random, but it was mm-hmm. it was on point. Yeah, but uh Blaze, keep it moving. Sequel was amazing. The third one was eh. <laughs> I mean Yeah, the third one was even Wesley Snipes okay. sued. <laughs> the company for the third one. He was just like, "This was so bad. I'm suing you guys." I'm just like, you know what? I feel you. I don't like it. Yeah, either. apparently he he had like a lot of issues with it, like from the director all the way to I think he said how he was treated on set. He said there might have been some racial things going on. So there's a there's a bunch of things with the third one that might have caused the film that we saw on screen. But yeah, at least we got the first two, and I think he said the second one is his favorite as yeah, well. Yeah, which was so. directed by um Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, I mean I like the second one. Second one's amazing too. I love the second one as well. That's I love. Yes, that I gotta one. rewatch so that. Um, but again, it's not a rave is not a blade movie without a rave it's not a rave scene it's not blade <laughs> and i i love that um of course we find out the news that they're gonna be rebooting blade um the new actor uh say what's his name again Who's he's like Ma- Ma- mahershala <laughs> ali i think that's how you say it um, I am actually looking forward to it because he's he's an amazing actor. I loved him in um luke cage i loved him and um uh, that was a movie he was in. Did you see Moonlight? Yes. Oh my God. He was amazing yeah, he was in Moonlight. Moonlight. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. And even Wesley Snipes had gave approval to it. He was just like, you know what? I approve it. I'm okay with it. I'm okay passing the torch to him. And that means a lot because you know you're going to be doing good if like the original actor praises for that. And I'm excited. I hope Wesley Snipes makes a cameo at least <laughs> in the new yeah, one. Yeah, he could be um, Wesley. Oh, that'd be badass. I mean, Whistler. Yeah. But if they do it based on the comics, he could play um, Jamal Afar, you know. Good point. Yeah, but. I'm excited and I wish him luck and yeah hopefully Marvel does something really amazing because again the first one the original one from the 90s still holds up to this day still an amazing yeah I'm, I'm hoping uh, with the reboot that they they keep a lot of elements of it and it, like I hope they keep the movie still like kind of dark mm-hmm. I hope they don't like as people like to say Disney-fy it <laughs> I hope it's not just like a generic PG action film with vampires and then like we never really see blood or we never really see Blade be truly badass and he's just kind of goofy and like I don't need him to be exactly what Wesley Snipes was because I'm always fine with them showing new versions of a character but yeah I just I, I just kind of hope they make it unique in its own right so we can kind of look at it separately from the Wesley Snipes movie yeah. um, and I hope they don't kind of make like I wouldn't mind I know it's obviously going to be a part of the universe that they have for Marvel mm-hmm. so uh, a part of me hopes that they, they plan on doing a bunch of other like R-rated or dark fantasy uh, of, of the Marvel universe so that like it lives separately from like 
like, you know, the Spider-Mans and all that stuff. Like, I wouldn't mind him crossing over for, like, maybe the Morbius stuff, because I know they're making a Morbius film. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Yeah, the Morbius, because he's, he's faced him many times in the comics. And I believe he also teamed up with the Avengers, too, a couple times in the comics as yeah, well. Yeah, so. I would love to see that. I would I would love to see stuff like that. I just, I don't really picture him fighting, like, Thanos. Like, I know, I heard he did in the comic, but I don't really picture him fighting those kind of villains. And honestly, I don't want him to be pulled into fighting those kind of villains. I, I, wanted, I want his world. I don't want him to be just thrown into, like, the world of, like, Spider-Man. Yeah. Because there's so many like supernatural beings in Marvel, and I would like for him to, I would like for him to, to redo the whole Dracula thing. You know, that needs to be redemption. That needs to be redeemed. You know, from the third one, and you know, he's faced Dracula <laughs> yeah. so many times in the comics, and now they have Dracula's wife, Shikla, who I would like for him to see face as well, because he even faces mm-hmm. her as well. Um, but yeah, like that, that's something definitely I would like. To, I would like to see as an avid comic reader myself. And again, like I look forward to the new Blade because we need Blade. <laughs> I, I want to yeah, see Blade. Blade. We shouldn't have had to wait this long to get more Blades. They should have been on Blade 17 by now. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm, we shouldn't have had to wait this long. I'm glad that Marvel brought the rights, the rights back to Blade so now they could do what they want to do. And hopefully, they, like you said, like I hope it's going to be like Deadpool. Rated R, free to do whatever the hell they want. And I hope, yeah, I don't want it to see like, you know, typical Avengers PG-13 with like the one curse for being asked. Like, yeah, come that's on. yeah, and super repetitive. So. Mm-hmm. I think we went through our arsenal today. I think we're all out and ready to get out yeah, of here. Yeah, <laughs> going to bloodbath. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go, go get excited for the next rave. But till next time, guys, we're out of yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye.